something now I'm all grown up because I'm 18 years old and guess you could say I'm holding down a steady job and crew steady mob and you steady bob in your head and I'm paid so I got it made but didn't always have clout used to live in south central LA that's where I stayed and figured a way out I gave it all I had so for what it's worth I went from rags to riches which is a drag but now I'm first so Yeah, we said that we was gonna make it since a kid, and we finally did. But sometimes I still sit and reminisce, then think about the years I was raised back in the day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid. Like literally, I had to turn down a job because. It was like an hour, 10 minutes away. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not driving every no day, every total day. or back oh, and forth. split back and forth. Hour there, hour back. Like, well, that's a normal that. drive in Atlanta. Well, but then I started took that job in Atlanta. <laughs> then I started to find out because it was like mm-hmm. 22, 25 an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I started to find out it's like, that's what it's nah, This is regular. Like, no, this is how it is here. I'm like, oh. So then I tried to double back. <laughs> it's like, nah, we got another candidate. <laughs> I tried to double back. I was like, damn. Oh, okay, now I you seem undependable, undecidable to oh, me. Like, yeah. Nah, we ain't fucking with you, my nigga. And I do, and I do what it was. But I mean, I ended up still getting that same, uh, that same uh, hourly for somewhere that's closer. It's about forty minutes out. That's they're dope. Tra- they transitioning it to because it's a company that bought a smaller company. And it still operates under that subsidiary. So, ironically enough, I'll be working at a place that does that is connected to the music industry because they do uh, they print out the vinyl art. So they make the the pockets and the sleeves and the covers and the the labels for vinyl records. Oh, so no. I'll be dealing with the the art stuff, which I think is really interesting because they said it's booming like crazy and they didn't think it would be doing that. Yeah, vinyls are popping right now. Vinyls are like the thing as far as people just having tangible product from artists. CDs obviously not popping, tapes not. But if you want, when most artists are putting together those uh, deals where you get some addition to a digital download, a lot of the times the vinyl is where it's at because it gives some people something to walk away with. That's the thing I think too, man. Most people won't but don't talk about it. it. Gets lost in translation when you missing, or excuse me, when you switch towns. I know when I moved to Atlanta, it was similar to what you said. Like, oh, it's 35, 40 minutes to get there. That's too far. And I come to find out, man, that's normal. That's some normal shit, nigga. Hour drive in Atlanta, what you was just talking about. Okay, you got so you just gotta go to work. Ain't nothing outside the preview there. Cause I know coming from Nashville, it may not be the same now. A lot more traffic because it's grown since I've been there, but it took 15 minutes to get anywhere. You talking about 30 minutes in the car, you talking about to us, nigga, you out of town. Oh, you, oh, yeah. you yeah, you out of town, bro. Like Murfreesboro, uh, what Clarksville, anything outside the little 10, 15 minute. If you pass Antioch to us, which was like a 20 minute subdivision outside Nashville, you was out of town. Oh, so yeah. that's just completely different now. It's a fact, bro. Like the, the even the road looks like you're going out of town. Like it's a freeway, that's dude. True. It looks like you're out of town. Like Cause same thing in Nap, like you you fifteen twenty minutes, you on the west side. You know, fifteen twenty minutes, you on the north side, you on the south side, 
And then if you add like another 10, you're in a deep, you know, northeast, west, south, you know. So it's like having to kind of get my mind wrapped around that is has been crazy. So but I mean, I got the gig today, so we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, congrats. Yeah, right on, brother. Congrats on that, man. Welcome to another week in the books. Scheduling already in progress. Regularly scheduled recording already in progress. Excuse me. I am Spike Lou Mo. What up? What up, Spike, and all you listeners out there? What's good with y'all, man? Absolutely, we appreciate y'all tapping in. We do this every Friday. Another week in the books. Tap into our email awitb2022. Let us know what you're thinking. Tap into some of the conversation, feedback, all of that good stuff. A awitb2022 at gmail.com. We do this every week again. Mo off deck is usually where we start. That's week. The On Deck TV podcast slash show that I do with my guy Animal Brown for the past for seven years now. One of the longest ones running all these podcasts and breakfast club shows breaking up. Me and AB still holding it down, man. Shout out to my guy over there. But yeah, this past week, like you do, you pick something off of there and you, you know, we talk about it a little more extensively here on this platform. What did you have this week before, Smoke? Well, I want to say this too. Y'all ain't had Fridays this good since Craig. All right, so man, y'all keep keep tuning in, man. Y'all ain't had Fridays since since Kanye's we good brought Fridays. Friday back. We, we brought, brought Friday, Friday back. back, bro. This ain't next. This ain't the nah. But uh, uh, this off off deck question of this week is uh, on Meg's new song. Mm-hmm. It didn't work or isn't working, and she goes okay. on to say that the label hates her. And I'm like, here we go again with this artist crying publicly about taking L's. For example, mm. Chris Brown's album sales or Roddy Ricks talking about I'm getting off of social media. Mm. What is this, bro? What what, what is this? What is this mm-hmm. this thing that artists are they trying to save face? Are they that sensitive or and y'all talked about Tory Lane saying that everything has been mid. Is it just mid or what 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 is this? Uh, and you're talking about in the sense of just artists. What are you speaking to their vulnerability? You speaking to just them coming out with their frustrations? I could tell you're kind of irritated by it as a consumer. So when you say what is this, give me some more detail on what you mean. What I mean is, are these things authentic to how you or do? Mm, I'm not mm, going to say okay. that we can't gauge what's authentic because we're not in that person's mind. But right, is it? Are we led to believe these emotions that they're expressing are authentic, or are they just trying to save face and and con- use it to control a certain narrative because they they stuff is whack? I think whack is a strong word, but I do think when um, when. It's not working like they suspected. Like even from a creative standpoint, you get frustrated as a creator. Like you feel like, hey man, this product is dope. People should be listening to it. It should pop way harder than it does. And the reason that I'm even involved with a label is you're supposed to be handling that part of it. I go do my job as an artist. I've signed over the distribution part to you. So when I feel like that I'm doing my job, and I'm doing it well for everything that I've been doing to this point that got me hot. Now, when I go do that, there's a delay. There's not a pop. I don't get the same response. 
And when you're used to being popular, you're used to it working for the last two years in Roddy's case or Meg's case. Now they're looking at it and it's like a fart in the wind. I uh, came and it went and no one cares. Oh, yeah, we still going on with our life because we back outside now. And our attention spans have gotten even shorter. You see the frustrations come out with the artists because where else are they going to go? Like where else? Who else are they going to talk to back in the day when I was coming up? That you have the method mans and stories with Fat Joes and all of these people. Oh, I'm running in the label. I got a baseball bat. I got my homeboys in here. Y'all going to get my project right. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Now, they don't, especially in Meg's case, being a lady, not taking anything from her, but just speaking to her character. I don't think she wants to do that. She don't want to go in there and have to show her ass to get her music. Well, maybe she does want to go show her ass, but <laughs> she don't want to go be violent to get her music played. So I think the resort that these artists have they've come to is I'm going to go to social media. I want people to be sympathetic of my situation. Yes, yeah, a high girl summer. Yeah, it looks fun. But also there's this business side of it that I don't agree with right now. So I get it. In some cases, I don't think it's necessarily it doesn't rub me uh, the wrong way as much as it rubs you because I think the business part of it just starts to show out and they're not used to that. They're not used to the business. Like we're speaking of young artists here mm -hmm. in this situation. So they're still being exposed to these situations. And that's why I see the frustration more than over. When you're talking about a nigga like Tory Lanez though and what he says, when he comes out and say, oh, the music ain't this, it's not genuine in him caring about rap. I don't think. It's, okay. it's, I'm just full of shit and I want you to listen to my project. We've seen time and time again. <laughs> Hold on. He's displayed, man. He's displayed a character where as to, I'm always going to take it as a rollout and you try to pump yourself up. Nothing from the situation stemming with him and Meg that I see him have a genuine bone in his body. And I ain't speaking to if he did it or not. I don't know. I don't really care. How he handled the situation, though, said a lot about his character. I judge him off that. I, I think it says a lot about her character. That's fair, but I, I'm judging him more than her, though, because she's okay. yeah. a, a, a late in the situation. Yeah, and no, no, no doubt. I mean, I, she, I she still feel like facts to, to whether something. it was exaggerated or not right whatever happened she still was the lady in the situation and it shouldn't yeah. have gotten that far yeah. if he was a man being him like what he's supposed to be so get out of here bro yeah. stop but i think not that, you but him no no yeah i and and i'm actually i actually do like tory lanes no oh, shocker wow. there. i'm not no shocker there though i'm, I'm pretty sure y'all y'all probably I don't get it. I, okay. no, I wouldn't get the appeal at all i don't what, do you think he just sound like everybody? Is that? Mm, this is nothing special about. Like, he can rap. He can sing. He writes good music. That's cool. Is it not special but or distinctive? Both. You know, but a little bit of both. Like I can hear him rapping. Like I, what's well, everybody? Everybody that that that's not everybody. But it's just nothing special about it. And, and for lack of better words to explain it, I'm never. Nor could I see how people go like, Man, I'm going to put that new Tory Lanez on I know about the Chicks tapes And I know the efforts that he's put forth I know he's a talented dude Okay, I just don't get it I don't do you think, see it It's not there for me Do you think 8-Ball and MJG is special? Special mm. <laughs> I wouldn't even use the word special for them Like when If okay. I'm talking about a special artist We're like talking Wayne. the difference between Wayne, talent Yeah and like and Wayne is special okay. 
Like A Ball and MJG are very talented. Okay. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to call them special either. And I that's very arrogant. I know sound coming from me, a nigga that doesn't rap or put forth the effort that they have. So I'm very I'm saying it's very lightly. But no, I wouldn't consider them special. When I'm saying that, I'm talking about like Lil Wayne or like a nigga like Black Thought or a nigga like even Kanye or Eminem. Regardless of how much I'm a fan of their music, most deaf, like it's some special. And even what shit Jeezy is special yeah. in the sense of how he was able to relay what he seen and what he done to mm-hmm. a, a whole nother lane of niggas mm-hmm. that wasn't even voiced in hip hop, but now it's the majority of hip hop. So like it's different variations of it. To me, Tory Lanez just don't meet any of them. Okay. Like, yeah, you can say and rap, but like Drake did that so well, my nigga. Like it's gonna take a lot for a yeah. nigga to be like, Shh. so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like yeah. I like his stuff, but it does lack a certain flavor. I do agree. It's a certain flavor. I do like his rapping more than his singing, though. If I, I, I mean, I don't care how many times he do a freestyle. I just, I'm here for it. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's like again, he talented as hell. But let, so. Are you you're a fan of Tory Lanez or you like the product? Like if you sit down, minus let's take the Meg interview mm-hmm. completely out of it. Let's say that you know nothing in this interview is going to pertain to that Meg Thee Stallion situation. Mm-hmm. Are you still tapping in to be like, man, let me see what Tory Lanez is talking about? Like for a forty five minute interview with your favorite interviewer, like are you tapping in for that? Uh, I mean, if. If it's the right situation, like interview, and I'm glad you what put I mean. It, you put yeah. this interview. Well, the only reason I, I used to check earlier, but like, I'm so not tapped in with music that much. So, I and when we get to our, our homework assignment, there's a person that I spoke about that made me go and check out an interview because of the content that he had recently put out. But at this moment with his him musically, like I mean, I checked out the Chick State Five, checked out some of those releases, the little Alone at Prom. I like, I like what he's trying to do more than his execution. Put it that way. Mm. Like what he's going for, I like. I like what he's trying to do. I just think that he can't execute it for whatever reason. Now, in regards to like Meg, whatever happened that night, we don't know. But we, I mean, DJ Academics has definitely revealed some information that says that he's not the gauge for it, but he's pulling up paperwork. So he's not just giving his opinion here. But like it to me, it, a part of it kind of comes off very finessey. Like, so it's like to me, I'm looking at it like, OK, and then you start you start rocking again. You putting out a single and it's, it's OK or people not receiving it. Then you're like, oh. Well, the label's not doing this. Y'all know what y'all signed up for. Like, bro, you've spoken on it so many times. It's like y'all signed up for these things. Like, you're like, oh, I didn't. Well, then work harder. Like, go to the lab. Like, I don't be relating to that. I I don't be liking that. Like, the Roddy Ricch, I get it young. Like, oh, I'm about to get off. Just get off social media then. Why, like, why do y'all have to announce everything? Like, you know how I feel. Like, I talked about, like, how I don't announce or make post about oh this is our anniversary oh this is my baby's birthday oh it's like it's like yeah you always have to use everything as a rollout it's just so it's just it should be whack to me like y'all just try to use every card to sell yourself and that that to me is so that's the annoying. business they in though that's I mean, the business they in you just that, have to that, do that, it what, as they ain't doing as it good. like genuinely as possible 
Like I don't think I don't think that when Meg does it, it's not for you to buy. It's for the hotties. You know what I'm saying? So like even when Beyonce has gotten to a point where she don't even have to do it. We saw the K- Khalees situation when Khalees come out and said something the Beehive is like, we know Beyonce personality. We're attacking her for this. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you think that was a publicity stunt or not, I think the artists are striving to get to the point or show some vulnerability to where I get more understanding from the fans. Because like you said, once you've traded David Chappelle, I think was just talking about this and mm-hmm. what you put there. And we can transition from there to this. Like he was mm-hmm. talking about trading in your life for fame. Mm-hmm. This is a part of the trade-off. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just flop with a future album and disappear into the night. Like people want to know what happened if they're going to continue to buy the product. So you got to in turn get on IG and and tell them what happened. And again, it may not be for you because you're not the biggest Meg fan. However, when you get a Roddy Rich and the millions of kids that listen to him is 19, 16 and they his biggest fans or whatever it may be. When he get on here and make these announcements, it does kind of move the meter for them because that's the intended audience for it to move to. So I get that. I guess it comes with age, the title and Maybe the theme so. of the episode that we can get to. <laughs> we'll continuously so. do that. It, it do come with age. I mean, because I, I I remember being in a place where you are. So I'm not shunning you for saying, man, this is irritating or I, I, I'm not saying that I don't get it that way. It just doesn't bother me as much now because I know to be to be successful what the trade-off is like the trade-off is like you can't just sit in your room and cry about your failures now you got it's on front street Mm -hmm. you got to come with an explanation you got to put your tears out crocodile tears be it may they still got people that are buying your product feel obligated to that now Mm -hmm. and it got a lot to do i feel like in going back and forth between the topics and the subjects here Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with the 21 savage thing i know we took that off but the obligation or what he was trying to sell didn't come off as authentic it didn't come off as authentic when you come and say speaking to the situation where there was a shooting and he spoke out and said we need to stop the violence in atlanta it's as worse as he's ever seen it Mm -hmm. he comes out and he says that but it doesn't seem authentic and people call him a hypocrite and now like what you're talking about he jumps to explain Mm -hmm. and this seems even less authentic when you're jumping to explain because the whole original thought process of it in my opinion was to stop the violence thing so Mm -hmm. you should be taking information you and i talked about it a little offline so we won't harp on it long but taking the information as 21 Savage, when people are calling you a hypocrite, being able to swallow that and say, you know what? Okay, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. Y'all on the front lines. I'm not. Maybe I can address that. You can't absolve yourself of all responsibility. That's speaking to the Meg situation with, exactly. hey, I feel like the label this. You, you just can't absolve yourself in all of that and expect people to buy it as genuineness. Mm-hmm. And then that starts to go into your target audience. Your target audience is a lot more believable yeah. of what you're selling and your sense of what you're talking about with Meg and Roddy and with 21 Savage. Like, bro, we're not buying that. And I and I and that makes me kind of think of another question. Like, I know, and I know you can't quite put an age on it. Mm-hmm. But if we could, like, kind of put an age on it, right? Mm-hmm. When do we say because like, okay, I'm the old man now. I'm, you know, I'm the get off your lawn guy. That's just we can go with that, right? Mm-hmm. But 
when do we or when do we start holding some of our favorite artists and celebrities that are doing things of this nature? Like, okay, they're young, they're twenty one, they're twenty four, they're twenty six. When, like, a Chris Brown, like me and him are the same age. I think he might be a year older than me, so he's what thirty three. And we, you know, we know what he said, and then you know, T Pain kind of spoke on him having like this princess diva concept of. You know, basically always being told you're good. So the moment you don't do good in something, then you act like, oh, y'all tripping. So, <laughs> so when I do we, see that. you know what I mean? So it's like, when do we, with these artists, like what is a point or a part of their career? I don't know if it's certain, so many albums down. Is it an age point? Do we start saying, okay, y'all stop with the, stop with the finesse, man. Like mm. with, the, with the finesse rollout, like, ah, uh, uh, y'all, y'all ain't been, y'all ain't never had my back. Y'all want to support a real nigga. Y'all don't like, when do we, when do we get to that point? What age can we, or what album number do you think we can start holding artists be like, all right, bro, like all this little whatever, like, come on. I think in an ideal situation, you grow with the artist. I think as you start to mature, like when you find out about artists and when they start to become your favorites, in my opinion, you're of a younger age. Like when I'm speaking of Jeezy and Bootsy and T.I., I'm not speaking of necessarily the music that they put out in the last shit, 10 years even. But what I am speaking to is the stuff that I grew up on. And as I've grown up and seen them grow up, I haven't necessarily still fuck with their music is strong, but the person I've seen grow as well. So to your point, as you mature, you start to like and, and and take in different things and even receive them different ways. You would probably see that in your artists as they start to mature. And if they don't, you're not the intended artist anymore. Like, I don't think that Chris Brown started catering to older women because he grew up like there's still a fan base of young and it's not trying to sound crazy or Kelly ish. Yeah. In any way, yeah. but there's still like a bigger market case. I'm assuming of him if he continues to cater to younger girls because girls are continue to fall into the age group every day. Plus, mm-hmm. I hold on to the ones that were already in this age group and are growing out of it mm-hmm. by continuously doing, I guess, the things that they like. So, I assume that it falls on you, right? Like you would be the person that, that make this beat. when that starts to happen. Like, do I still support a little Bootsy if I'm not necessarily living like that or can't necessarily relate anymore, but I still like him as an artist? So I I, I think it goes with your mental maturity. And I guess I don't know how to be because it's like I, I'm not necessarily trying to keep up with what's going on because I've been fell back, but I don't know how to be. It's like I don't want to be the complain, get off my line guy, but then I don't want to be oblivious all the time to what's going on with our youth that are you know that are famous or well known or what have you in the culture i just don't know how to be i'm not i'm not trying to be judgmental because i think that meg is talented and i think her freestyle was nice i really like the tupac one a little better but right. uh, i think that she's she's dope i think that when she comes into her own and she kind of not do it probably fall back a little on twerking and kind of go into a certain grown woman bag i think at some point in her career Maybe four years down the road or something, you know. I think she's gonna be a, continue to be a great influence. So I don't know. I mean, could, maybe I I'm jumping the gun. Could that be part of it for you? Like, what? do you do you think that you individually as a consumer, you've seen enough of the driving the boat, the hot girl summer? Do do you feel like 
she's explored that part of her career enough now it's time for her to mature and she would get better results like do you think that that would be the approach or do you think hey i'm doing the same thing i'm just not getting the same results i think it's definitely the latter I, it's hard for me to say that too because it's like she's still young it's like we were in our 20s and we was getting to it and we wasn't in no rush to get older once we got out there you know what i mean but imagine you got all that money <laughs> And you're doing a lot of childish, immature, wild, fun, crazy things all the time. You probably are not in a rush to like slow, you know, switch it up and get mature, like you know, like extra or whatever, what have you. But so I, I can't say that that I, I don't know, I I, I don't know. I, I told you I have like a. Uh, like a finite way of looking at things. Like things come to an end. Like I always look at things come to an end and kind of look at the always looking at in me. I'm always looking at the bigger picture. D- d- is this really going to matter? I always look at things like that. And so I get that. That may just be me. And, you know, I don't know. I have to find my balance with it because I'm I'm kind of over the culture. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm more of my people now than just the culture because of what it is. Quote unquote represents now And I think that I'm kind of getting over it Not to look down on it Because these are my people in it But I think I'm just getting over the culture Because it's certain things that we just glorify And make it like it's cool And it's just not And it's like we're we're the only culture That we highlight these things Or we they give the most attention to these things Versus other things So What's the difference between your people and culture? Well my people like because you said you the, fuck with your yeah so my people are in the culture like black people these are my people mm-hmm. this is our people they're in the culture but when i look at the, but i do feel like here's the exclusive exclusivity to the culture at least the mainstream culture that people call the culture i believe it's it's the ratchet ignorant fun youthful content that we put on front street and anything that is not those things, you that old nigga, or you you washed, or you 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 just saying that because you ain't you ain't relevant, or you just this, or you just that. So it's always in this kind of youth corner, a young corner. It's had to be fun, vibrant, uh, and ignorant. Like Tank said it on on Drink Champs, and it hit me so deep. We was headed to Florida, and he says, "If they want to know the best about us, where do they look? Right, yeah. They look at mainstream culture, right? What's mainstream culture? By the Grammys, and what is mainstream culture? Right." Right. It's, it's violence. It's, it's drug dealing. It's drug selling. It's drug using. That's what. That's what they. Per, that's what they What's perceive as the best. And what is about being pushed? Why right, though? Right. No, you're right. Why is that the best of us? Right. Why? Like Sam Smith gets to sing a great song about "Stay with Me." Mm-hmm. That goes straight to power rotation on a mainstream radio station. If I sing that same song, "Stay." Limited bandwidth because our violence isn't the threat, our love is mainstream. They give the attention, they don't give the attention to when we're we're coming together in love, but they show highlight when we are toxic, they show highlight when when we're black man versus black woman, they show highlight the songs that is talking about killing niggas. Running up on the ops, pissing on the grave. We those songs like I've been waiting for years for the radio to change. 
I'm like, okay, it's running this cycle. Okay, this is what's hot. This this the club during the week now. This is the era. But it's been this way for at least seven years. Since 2015, they've still been running relatively these this type of music constantly. Sure, we don't have to listen to the radio, but some of us that have children, we can't always play our ox because we like explicit stuff, but we want something that's generally our people, our music, rap music, R&B. We want our stuff that can be clean enough to play with our family in the car, and we can't do that because this is the type of content that is being produced so when i speak of my people versus the culture it's what they are representing what they're choosing to highlight and just say man you know i mean come on man do it for the culture it's like what are y'all talking about you want me to kill takashi 69 you want me to run up on my nigga kill him you want me to uh, talk down to my baby mama you want me to like it's just these things that always a highlight and then we just these videos that keep getting it's a whole bunch of shit bro i'm not trying to run it all the way to the ground but that's what i mean so what about the stuff the positive stuff for the culture though Where like i mean you are you saying that it's just a negative based culture like are you saying that just all we have as black people your people that you're speaking about is the negative stuff when we when when I and yeah I feel like when when I talk to culture being based in hip hop, that's what I mean in the culture. So, so hip hop should be in a more positive space. You think? I mean, at least more balance. I don't feel like there. I feel like there, I don't feel like there's any balance. People can be like, well, you just got to go search for the music, or you got to. But it's like, why do we have to search if you have mainstream resources to keep it balanced? It's a business. It's a this. Then I question that. I don't think that that comes off as authentic to our culture because we don't come what you're saying, like the good, like take Chance the Rapper, for example. He tried what you're talking about. For the majority of it, I'm on a positive note. I'm talking about God, my wife. And realistically, no one really wanted to hear that shit because we've been impacted more so by this place that we're in America than any other group. So we found a way to be beneficial and market to our pain. Like we found a way to make money out there, to make some people enjoy it as to even when they try to make it an ugly truth about us. But where I would challenge you is that I don't think that that's it, though. I think that there is more to it. There is that negative side and it can get bogged down. As far as man this is all I see But I think that's one of the reasons that we do this podcast We have these conversations Is to continue to expand our palette For hey man I like this too Some of the feedback that mo- Most of the feedback that I get And some of the dopest stuff that, that Registers with me like one of the IG messages Like bro I was expecting you niggas to just be on here Kicking the shit like you usually do Talking about sports video games TV I wasn't expecting y'all to be as personal But you were And I enjoyed it and I've also had friends of, like I said, 20 years that have listened to this. And you and I aren't on here talking about negative stuff. We, we're primarily being positive, trying to add to people's lives and put into a toolbox how to be better men. So with that being said, I, 
I do think you're being a little harsh on the culture when you say that and kind of using it as a scapegoat like white folks do sometimes. Like, oh, well, those niggas over there, they can't put them in a good part of town because they always just mess it up. It's like a chicken with the egg type thing. Like, like, bro, like, give us the right resources. Like, we're going to take care of our shit just like y'all take care of y'all shit. But if you have us fighting over a lack of resources, then what you're going to get is what you have. Because everybody trying to get that little nut. The, the, everybody feels that, hey, we're all fighting for this small piece of the pie. So I got to do whatever it takes to get my piece. I ain't really got nothing to do with this nigga over here. Do you think, do you think, and I agree, I mean, we are resilient people. Yes, the most. Yeah, yeah. So, I I understand us like you saying. You know, you just my, saying why do we embrace the negativity so well, much? I guess my question would be, and I uh, there's a pod, not a pod, a YouTube channel. Animal Brown uh, collaborated with the guy. His his channel's Rose. I think it's an acronym or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. he, he was talking about something about R and B. But I had posed a question, and I, maybe I asked you the same thing. But is the bag more important than influence? Is the bag more important than influence? What is that? Tell me, give me some more to that. So, why answer? Because I feel like that is another one of those things where we like, should be able to cut the check, though. I'm getting that bag, though. I'm, I'm doing this. I can feed my people. Yeah, that's important. Absolutely. We don't want none of us mm-hmm. to be poor. We don't want none of us to be hungry. None of us to have to grow up like some previous generations. And every generation, we want to get better. So, finances are absolutely important. But at what cost? If you're getting it in a certain way that will impact generations after you in a negative way, was the bag worth it? Well, I would ask, how how do you come influential to us without the bag? Like, we've been put in a place to where I got to be somewhat skeptical, skeptical of you because of the lack of resources that we have, right? So... If you ain't got it going on and you haven't clearly shown a path to success, albeit like because, I mean, we have very few ways to show it in our community rather than cars, clothes and all of that stuff. We're getting to a financial literate place where we can show it in other places and speak to it. But to your point and to the question that you're asking, you can't have one without the other, in my opinion. Like you can't have the bag without influence. You can't have influence without the bag. I don't think it's true. I mean, give me an example. What well, an example is, let's just say, for example, like you know, somebody's father, right? Back in the days, like you, you know, you know, your papa, uh, he owned, he owned first, you know, he owned his own uh, grocery store, though. He owned his own Piggly Wiggly, mm-hmm. right? So he's like, okay, right. he was in the south, he owned his own. He was the first black man to have a, a Piggly Wiggly on the corner, and nobody else had that store. And you know, it's like, well, did right. he ever have money like that or anything? It's like, nah, but he, but he, he seen how his people were struggling. He went and he put the tools together to be able to own this and he employed other people to make you know minimum wage or whatever and to the point he got some of these people off the streets but he did right. not get the bag because he owned a, a grocery store he that's the bag did, though right not really because I, I think the definition needs to be adjusted more than the, the anything okay. else so let me say because this. if i'm providing for my family and i'll let you finish my bag but i just if, if i'm providing for my family people have jobs and i've been a stellar person that's the bag right people I mean, can do, depend on me do you have freedom i got a the, bag the bag is the bag tied to freedom bigger bags <laughs> like, there's levels to it. it's levels to it 
you know what I, I'm saying? Like you I gotta mean, get, know, a, you gotta get I, to a pretty big bag to get the freedom. Like just even think about people that run their own business. Say, hell, the artists that we're talking about, they make nice money, but they not free. I gotta wake up and do the radio spots. I gotta continue to feed the beast. Just like David Chappelle was talking about in that Letterman interview. Mm -hmm. How much am I gonna give up to be famous? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But what were you saying about the grocery store, my bad? Uh, I guess, well, yeah, sure. We can, if we wanna get into technical, I'm just using generalization here because I know, I know that we can, everything can be broken down in technical, you know, but I think sometimes, I know you've challenged me on the most mm-hmm. basic. You'd be like, "Well, isn't this the CEO of this? This the CEO mm-hmm. over here? Like, <laughs> we're not gonna get technical. Is we're gonna, you know? So yeah. to me, if we're just gonna say bag, bag to me is a financial. You're in a financial. You get you're financially free. You may okay. not be rich, but you're financially free. You ain't hurting for nothing. You 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 good. You ain't struggling. You you mm-hmm. ain't gotta look at the account every you know ten hours or whatever. Like you 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 set. So mm-hmm. the in that situation. What? Go ahead. I just don't say. I, I just situation. don't think that you could get there without having some influence, unless you hit the lottery. Like, there's no way that I could get to a bag without having some influence. And like, again, unless I didn't, I'm saying got the winning lottery ticket. I'm saying influencing, right? Like, cons- consistently influencing or having yeah, like, influence like, to get to that point. Yeah, like, like, okay, t- tying it back to the 21. This is great. This is all right. working together. Tying it back to the 21 Like 21 Savage he, Him saying these things But then going back And be like Well I, I do this thing And I do that But yeah mm-hmm. You you get the bag And then you you try to help The community mm-hmm. But which one Is is more potent The bag of you doing Alright financially And providing Or the influence Of how many people Ride to your music When they thinking About the ops Mm-hmm. No, you ain't encouraging. No, you're not putting a battery in the back. No, these are not your intentions. But if if you are influencing, if you are putting out this music with with what is it? Uh, what I'm saying is, I think that there's a balance. Sure, some people need to just go after the bag because of whatever their scenario right. is. But I do think that some of us. The bag may not be in our journey We may not ever come to the, the financial position That we have strived for for so many years But we may be able to influence Those that are around us We may impact those that are around us In a way where it may not say And and, and I wanted to say too You said well how do we know If we don't see success But success is not the only gauge for To get behind somebody Or get behind something Because they're not If they're not quote unquote successful In the way you should see them Don't mean that they ain't nothing they don't mean this person ain't about nothing because they haven't achieved a success level because they still may be a stand up person that you can get behind, even though they was not able or did not have the tools or the capability to get the bag or to be successful. They still can be an influence. So I think that we just need more balance on the influence. But I ask which one is more important. Yeah, see, I, I can't get wrapped my head around the bag because I, I understand what you're saying with the influence, but I think that term is too relative. I, I do get where people can be influential and the story that you're telling, well, like, well, your dad, maybe he didn't have, quote unquote, the bag per se, but he was still influential in his circle, his part of the world, his little piece of the world that he cut out to quote David Chappelle again. So in that sense, influence goes a long way. 
and maybe you can influence someone with that bag to back you and what your influences are. So influence is definitely important, but at some point or another, when we're talking about bag, I'm talking about just even in the sense of working towards something. But I'm speaking of success, I'm not speaking of a destination. I'm speaking of a journey. Yeah, right. And when you're looking at someone and like you saying, deeming someone being successful, most of that is that they're not stagnant. They're not just in the same position preaching, trying to tell you to do something when they're not out here trying to do it too. That's what I mean when I say bag, like getting to the bag. You ain't necessarily got to be in your bag yet, but you got a process and I can tell I can tell you got it. You ain't some poop putt that just walked on me with a ripped up T-shirt at the corner store telling me, hey, young blood, you might need to check out these goddamn crypto. Like, bro, get out of my face. <laughs> you ain't got nothing going yeah. on. Uh, uh, same thing. I mean, even with a local dope boy, it might be at the bag, but you can just tell that he's in a, uh, a circle that, that ain't going to be where you trying to take it to. So he had the bag, but he can't influence you to, to do what he doing because you know ultimately where he may end up. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there's a there's different situation is give and take with both. I think they coincide with one another. You actually can call them the same thing when you're talking about influence and the bag. Like they both are on that journey to success. I don't think one outplays the other in importance. You're going to have to have money at some point to fund to get that influence where you want it, man. You're going to need something. The money going to have to come from somewhere. We live in that type of society. Nah, I, I mean, it's capitalism. Absolutely. <laughs> I get it. I, I just I just think sometimes, again, at what cost. And speaking of what cost, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, not too long ago. This is not very recent, but it's not super long ago. But he was on David Letterman's. A Netflix show and for my next guest No introduction, Dave Chappelle was on there uh, I was watching it I hadn't watched it yet um, And it, it made me want to bring it to the show And I text Spike about it And we're talking about the bag and influence And he had this story, he spoke about it before Y'all know about you know Dave Chappelle Leaving behind, what was it, 10 million uh, mm-hmm. uh, You know, for his show He spoke about He said there was this joke he did He was talking about these little pixies And they basically would be the inner voice for racism. And so he was doing the skit and then he said there was somebody in the room and they were just laughing basically like in the wrong way where and when he said that I immediately used my imagination. I said that person probably was laughing because that is exactly how they you know how when somebody say a joke and it's like wrong, but you'd be laughing was like, dang, bro, you laughing kind of hard. Wasn't that funny? He's like, oh, that's how they really feel. So mm-hmm. I imagine in that moment, and he said it was more than just that, but that was like one of those essential moments. So it, again, that makes me think again, the bag or influence, you know, but again, we, we agree to disagree. You, like you say, you think they are one in one in the same, they coincide. And I think that they can work together, but they're mutually exclusive, you know, mm-hmm. but my question was David Letterman, he started off a little rough for me because I'm I'm hard critic on people that do interviews, but he's picked it up and I was starting to feel it. I'm like, all right, David. All right. Uh, but there was this moment he asks this question. I don't have the clip here, but he asks. He said that slavery like had played a pivotal part in Ohio because it was illegal there. And there was something else that was going on during that time that was illegal as well. My mm-hmm. question was. 
and maybe not even asking him, but like, how do you feel about anybody just asking you questions about slavery? How do you feel about that? Like, would that bother you at all? Like somebody be like, hey, you know, uh, so and so happened. What do you, do you know anything about this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, that's an interesting question. I mean, if I know, like the, 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 the I wouldn't be offended. I would say that like, I wouldn't. I'm, I reserve. I, I'm. I reserve the right to be happy. So I ain't gonna let some frivolous white person or random person come and be like, oh, well, this slavery and that send me into a tissy. So tissy. What I yeah. What I, I would say is, <laughs> I figured the person that's what they deserve coming up asking you about slavery is that's the uh, amount of mad or frustration that they deserve for tissy <laughs> but with, with that being said nah i mean you can come up and ask what you want to now how i respond to it that's that's gonna be dependent upon the day and how i feel but yeah you can come up and ask what you want i wouldn't be i ain't necessarily gonna sit here and be like oh man that's off limits don't come asking me about the slave trade because i mean people have some interesting ideas on like the slave atlantic that the, the Damn, Atlantic slave trade, things that happen, conspiracy. So there are interesting conversations to be had mm-hmm. about it. And I respect David Letterman as an interviewer and the context to that in particular, like you said, with, with Ohio and how slavery was banned there. And a lot of abolitionists made Ohio their home. So I get why he kind of went there and went just out of the blue. So, David Chappelle, what do you feel about slavery? Like, it wasn't that. <laughs> so I wasn't offended in that way. But also, I'm a big fan of conversation. So yeah. me more so than other people, you could probably come up and that wouldn't offend me as much. But I've never really even thought about that. What about you? Uh, Dave handled it very well, very educated, and uh, and I understand he's Dave Chappelle handled it very well. Let me say I forgot both their names. David here, uh-huh. but but. David Letterman asking I don't believe it was in any malicious way I think that it fit the context of one of the historical things about Ohio and maybe in a way it ties into some of the things that Dave speaks about and then we know the context of you know police brutality so I get I get it however if, I mean if I, <laughs> I I'm here for conversations too but if you ask me about slavery and if I'm a well-read enough, I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. But before we go there, let's take it back to Egypt, actually. Let's let's go back to there, actually. You know, now that you mentioned it, because how things initially start, because you guys are not going to keep bringing me back here. Like it's it, for me again, it goes back to the uh, woman king. It goes back to the, you know, the Butler movie. The uh, to me when it's like I'm not. This is not a form of conversation I'm about to have with colonizers. I'm not about to have this conversation with you. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to snap at you. I'm not going to act like you call me nigger or anything, but I'm not having this conversation with you. Like what type that, of a question would gather that like would give me a, a, an idea what you mean though? Like what type of slavery question would you say <laughs> this? Cuz I need to hear this cuz I've never even thought about this. Hey, Maurice, uh Black History Month, man, and uh did you know uh you know Harriet Tubman uh she didn't only do this for slaves but she did this for other people and did you know that like white people were involved with the movement what do you what do you think about you know white people being involved uh to help sla- uh help some free some slaves 
Mm. Or, or uh, what do you think about uh, celebrating uh, Juneteenth now because that's when slavery was officially this? Or how do you feel? Like, I'm a person. Don't I'm a person. Don't ask me. Ask me zero. Like, I'm just I'm keep it real. Like, don't ask me anything. But don't. I'm not the person. Don't. I'm not. I. I don't know if I'm not mature enough. Not well round enough. Don't ask me because it's like I never trust your intention. Like if we talk, if I'm talking to the homeboy black people, sure by any means. But like anybody else, I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't trust their intention. Like I don't care if you. But I mean, you, it ain't like they're gonna put you in the slavery from having the conversation. So I don't understand. Yeah, but <laughs> like I, when you say trust your intention, like are you you think they're trying to gather some information or what you mean? I don't know what you're trying to gather. I don't trust you when you start asking questions like that to me. It, I don't know what you're trying to gather. Like that's my that's the whole just thing. break down the wall though. Like it's such a taboo subject in America, rightfully so. Probably the biggest stain on American history throughout all ages. So if you have someone, I feel like that's approaching you with that. They feel like that they have some type of connection with you, and they trying to figure out where you stand on situations or at least get a perspective that they may not be able to get maybe you're the only black person they know like i just feel like that sometimes being defensive in those situations is going to do less to make it better than it would be to actually say school them if you have the information or not but i don't know i just I, I don't see it as like you said it may not be malicious but I also don't see it as a thing where don't don't come to me with that bullshit like I, I don't feel that strongly about it either you know like I always especially if there's enough tact now how you just approach it one of the biggest pet peeves for me because I do pay attention to interviewers since I'm in this medium as well yeah. and one of the things Dan Patrick is a person that I listen to every day I've been listening to Dan Patrick man for at least 12 years every day every episode that he does every time they pop drop and one of the things that he said that he he hates as a journalist because he went to school for this and has a very lustrous career tell me how you feel about when you start a question like that as a journalist or anybody yeah I don't feel about it or no excuse me not tell me how you feel about it even well what do you think about well I don't think about it next question because they can easily get that out of there. It's not something that I was thinking about. This is something that you were thinking about as the questionnaire, or however you phrase it. Mm-hmm. But ask me something to where you want an answer. Don't just try to throw it out there for me to to put the thought process together. So that's how I would approach that slavery question. If somebody come up, well, what do you think about? Well, you got to be more specific. Because I don't know what you mean. I don't think about it at all, actually. So <laughs> when you're asking me about it, you got to be more specific because I've never thought about it at all. It's how I probably would play that with some type of humor or something. Because, man, and I ain't trying to throw white people no bail at all. But just as that's uncomfortable for us as some of these conversations are, I'm assuming that it could be for them. We just don't look at it that way because of history. But and rightfully so. I ain't shooting no bell. Y'all, 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 nigga. I'm don't don't y'all on me. No, I'm talking about them. I'm talking about them. I don't know what you talking oh, about, but I don't want it to get confused. Oh yeah, not <laughs> y'all as far as you, but y'all as far as them. Like, I got three responses. <laughs> one. What's that? One. 
I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, David. But actually, before we go there, I actually want to ask, how do you feel about slave owners? Mm. That's one. <laughs> Two. <laughs> actually, I, I don't really have nothing to say about this, but maybe let's get Ja Rule on the phone. <laughs> somebody call Ja Rule. Please. Because somebody, please. Find Ja Rule, get hold of this motherfucker so I can make sense of all this. Where is Ja? Or three. I'm just going to do the classic. You know what I'm here for. Well, the best answer to that, I can, I, there's an easy way to always get people to shut up about slavery, regardless of who you talk to. What? About. Let me hear this. What? How do you feel about reparations? <laughs> yes. How yes. you feel about reparations? Tell yes. me, yes. brother, how you feel about us being paid for what happened during slavery? Then let them go from there. I promise you can dictate the conversation from oh, there. Yeah. We, we Before we start anything, tell me how you feel about the back pay of reparations and, and all descendants of slaves getting a couple hundred thousand dollars in a while. Check. Tell me how you feel about that. I like it. And that, that, then so, from there. that so fits you too. As we get into yeah, this. Yeah. As we so get How get into this episode of this Black back Mean pay going. Aging, I mean, do it look like I was left off bad and bougie? That's why. <laughs> uh, That's fun, right? Yeah, but uh, as we get into this Black man aging, I I thought about this because um, me and my wife we currently live with her grandfather, and he's seventy seven years old, and I've never been around a black man that age for this long. My grandfather passed when I was thirteen, and my other how grandfather- was he when he passed? He was 58. He was 58. Uh, my other grandpa my, on my mom's side, he he passed. He was a lot, a lot older, but I was a lot younger. I was probably, I don't know, six maybe when he passed. And he was like, I think he was in his 70s or something, but I don't, I have no recollection or memory of him. Um, but I've been around her grandpa and then on her dad's side as well. But I, I haven't been around to this point to see behavior, activity, wisdom, like so it really made me think about some things and, and just the demeanor and the stories I've been hearing. I said, and I thought about this and even it was a podcast I listened to a while back when they were talking about the passing of Michael K. Williams, um, known for his uh, role as Omar on the wire and many other great roles. They talked about, you know, why can't we age as black men? And they were saying it in a metaphorical way. And it made me, that came back to mind when I had, since I've been living here and I thought, why can't we do what? Why why can't we age as black men? And they went into a whole deep thing, like it, it was like metaphorically, like they of course they talk about the the literal part of like him, you know, the drugs and the you know drug usage, the back the battle with that, and then like you know us being killed and and you know the stuff like that. But then metaphorically, like not embracing maturity, not embracing age, where we always have to be okay, we always have to be the backbone, we always you know things that we spoke about before. So I I thought it would be something interesting and and so I wanted to ask you, Spike, what are some things you enjoy about getting older? Not the fear of missing out has totally succeeded as far as having to be outside or go do stuff. Mm-hmm. That's my number one joy about having gotten older like you don't feel like that you gotta like i missed this i gotta go see this the first weekend it comes out or i gotta be at this concert or have these shoes like that shit just don't that's nothing to me anymore like i would i'm much more excited about business and how you get this started what's the process for this so as i've aged i've i've really really appreciated 
appreciate just n- not one of the things we used to say when we were young me and my homeboy Poe and my homeboy Scoops it was it came off his pimp documentary and one of the pimps was talking about <laughs> like I don't know if you ever seen any of them old pimp documentaries but he was talking about how all the little pimp and player balls he used to be at all of them he said nigga I got paffed at every event perfect attendance at it P-A-F-T or something like that perfect attendance at every event that used to be our slogan that we lived by when we was like 15, 16 everything happening in the city nigga we was there I don't give a fuck what's going on over uh, 18 and over <laughs> teenage party house party other side of town it didn't matter that's probably how we became known in our city like just beyond our side of town because most people you stick to your side of town in our city in Nashville some people go out to the clubs and whatnot, but most people knew us from just being every fucking one. We was everywhere. But as I've gotten older to answer your question, what I've appreciated was just not feeling like the need to have me to do that. One of the things my mom used to say, too, when I was that age, <clears throat> well, y'all going to run y'all self ragged. I know my, y'all, y'all, gonna, y'all ain't going to want to do shit when y'all get old. Y'all going to run around the street so much at this age. And that shit definitely ran true like i see niggas that want to go out now to like strip clubs and want to go out to the club and let's hit this little spot people will i'm, I'm in the hey what we doing nigga i'm i'm, I'm at home let me tell you what i'm <laughs> man, that just come from i feel like this has come from age man and to speak to what you said about being around all the people i grew up was i was blessed to be able to grow up with my great grandparents and I went to school from there So my mom would drop me off at their house Every day And I would go to school from there And they would watch over me as best they could Like great grandparents I think she was My great grandma was going to be 65, 66 When I was in school And my great, her husband It wasn't even my biological great granddad It was her husband That she married after she had five kids I guess commendable to him Well, I don't know what that <laughs> going on Different times boy that was a different time where she hit him with that WAP great grandma. <laughs> oh my God. Had to. Five the kids original. get married. Man, listen, man. I know when I used to go over that house, they had been living there like 23 years and he done well for himself. He had like a house in the city, like this for black men, older black men. He had a car in the backyard. So it was different. Uh, mm-hmm. They grew there was a nice middle class neighborhood, essentially, at that point in time uh, that we grew up in, or uh, that they were in, and that's why we went to school from over there. But I say out of that to say, they whole day used to be like, you can tell when someone grows up with old people because you start to pick up their tendencies. Like I know my great grandmother and my great grandma, uh, Lucky is what we call them. They day would consist of sitting on the porch, sitting in front of the TV, talking to the fucking mailman. Like they knew the mailman by name. <laughs> Nigga, this was in a time like the mother, a person used to drive around from the flea market with vegetables on the back of the truck, nigga. And they could buy, like, literally didn't even have to leave the house. Like, they could buy fruits and vegetables on the motherfucker. They would come, they was called the market, man. He'll ride up and down the street selling grapes. And I remember buying bananas and shit off the back of a truck. Um, so I say all of that to say, you do pick up those tendencies. And I've always been labeled an old soul somewhat because being young and being around them, waiting on my mom to get off and come pick me up from work. I picked up a lot on what you were saying that you see now. I wish at this older age that I was able to sit around and have conversations with them and take it in a lot more. But even back then, 
I see how it's influenced me and rubbed off on me just sitting around listening. They used to tell me stuff all the time. You know, you sure you never forget this and all this stuff, but you young. I'm 9, 10, 11 years old. It's a 70 year old man. So what he's telling me is really probably important, but I'm not processing it at that time. But even still to this day, 30 years later, I appreciate and remember and can like still point out why I do certain things or act a certain way that I act just from growing up in that environment. Mm. So I, I really appreciate it because I know I would be a lot different if I did. Yeah. And that, that stuff is very important. And facts. And something I really enjoy about getting older, bro, this is like my favorite thing, hands down, is like going being past like all of the phases now i mean sure you gonna go through phases as you get older but not i feel like as far in between as it is when you're younger because you have a more of a gauge of your emotion and more of a gauge of time and more of a gauge of what's going on but like like going through the phases of like you being in a relationship and like you get in an argument you ready to call the whole thing quits like well fine then well, what you want to do they like all of these phases of like relationships phases of like friends like being around the niggas you don't you don't want to really be around them no more because they moving different and you don't really like it but yeah i've been friend like it's so many different phases of like just going through it being older i just love the fact that like i can stand strong in where i'm at and and even some of the negative phases too like doing some real yeah i mean i told you about the dui stuff and even some other things in between like just being past those phases of just being ignorant and doing certain things without a conscious thought even though i always thought i was a person that thought i still was young and ignorant like most of us so that is the by far my favorite thing since getting older is just being past certain phases where i've worked with younger people like 19 21 22 and they didn't even know i was my age and then i'm like oh yeah you're going through you feeling this and they're like yeah i said did you go through this phase they're like yeah like they're like how do you know this i'm like bro I, i'm telling you i've already been i've been out here my i've been out here you heard so um but what what is what is something that we ain't got to go down a list of things but what is something that you feel has changed the most about you from the young lou younger Lou to you know, the older Lou how do you what is something that you feel changed the most where you like man I come a long way I can't believe I'm this way now because how I was then you know what I mean yeah I used to as a youngster I would let stuff sit with me a lot more than I do now um, in a sense of we all go through a phase I feel like until shit, even in your 20s you, you go through this phase of not really knowing who you are so you try to fit in that was part of the reason that I drunk a lot like making I feel like it made people more comfortable with me as I've gotten older and stopped drinking I'm not searching for someone to be comfortable around me that needs me to be in that phase <clears throat> so when you talk about some of the things that's one of the things one of the things is growing up knowing who you are and, and just not having to try to fit in. As you, the more you grow, and we all know the older person like this, 
that filter that starts to just deteriorate. Your grandmama did just say anything. Your auntie is like gonna tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. That just comes from just being more comfortable and, and not worrying about like knowing that you hold most of it in your hand. Like yeah, relationships are important, but most of it got to do with how how I get up, up every day, approach my life, and all the people in it. So I ain't really gonna bite my tongue about like how you moving, like what you were saying about the people that you grew like. I don't really have that problem with my homeboys because we can be really rather frank with each other. If you bullshitting, I'm gonna let you know you bullshitting, bro. Like I ain't even on that. And being old enough to where someone would hear you say that and not think you acting funny, just know you acting in your best interest. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, I don't do that, bro. I ain't I don't even get down. Like it ain't no offense to you or nothing. And if that's how you moving, that's cool. If you figuring it out that way, that's fine. I'm just not doing it that way. And being old enough to be like, okay, cool. Like, I don't think that that has to. When you were younger, people took offense to stuff like it. You took offense to someone not agreeing with you, someone not wanting to move was in a suggested way that you want to move. Oh, this is best for us. We could do this this way, man. You ought to do this, do that. And the third, as you get older, like, you know, you don't have a lot of control over other people's life, man. Yeah. So like if you ask me I'm gonna give you the information And we can talk about it And you can disagree And you can do whatever you want to And I'm not gonna take any offense to that It took me to get to that age To understand like You, you ain't gotta be right all the time Motherfuckers ain't gotta listen to you You ain't gotta take yourself so serious Cause it's still at the end of the day Gonna be on you yeah. What about you? I think I've gotten more courageous uh, That's probably the biggest thing Like bold or courageous if you may um, I used to be one of those. Realize people. it's on you. Yeah, it's what it comes yeah, with age. Like you, you, you all those <laughs> fake walls that you put up, and oh, you man. think that's preventing you from stuff. You, as you get older, you start saying, "Like man, God, I could have been done this shit, man, bro, yeah. bro." Like I was one of them. I mean, I'm sure some of the brothers that are listening now can relate. But like, I was one of them dudes, bro, talking mad cash. Was not about what I was talking. Just fitting in, I talked well, like the little, like the little dude on the wire that I hate. He's up there with Joffrey, by the way. Who? The dude on the wire with the ponytail. The last, last season, the little teenage kid. Oh my god, bro! I, I hated. I think I had a nightmare. I slap boxes, nigga, or something. Man. You hated name? I, oh man, bro! Like he, yeah, I was, but I was talking like that dude, like talking like him, like not about be some. Yeah, like talking like not about to scrap nothing, not about to oh, go kill somebody on the court, not about to do none of that. Like just talking, you know what I mean? But being embarrassed enough times over my life, rather somebody else embarrassed me or I embarrassed myself, I got it, it didn't check out. As I gotten older, I got more courageous and things that I realized I was scared of a lot of things. So I was overcompensating. So now I still be scared of some things, but what I do is I try to operate in that. So if I'm scared, like my wife, like in our last house before we moved to Florida, even all the houses, like we just because the crime is so crazy and we ain't strapped up yet. You hear a noise, like you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Nah, I ain't worried about it. Then you hear again, like what was that? I'm just as scared as she is, <laughs> but. I still got to go down these stairs. I'm still about to grab this knife and I'm about to hit these lights, check every corner and it's going to be me or whoever it is. Don't. And I'm still scared. 
You know what I That's mean? Fine. Like or a mouse. Like it don't matter what it is. Like some things. Like I'm I'm man enough to be like, yo, I I I don't I'm not comfortable. I ain't tough like that. Like I'm scared of certain things. But as I've gotten wait, older, wait, wait, what type of scared are you though? Like, cause I, fear is one hundred percent something that you. I had this conversation with my barber. You know, I ain't scared of nothing, man. You ain't supposed to fear nothing. I was like, nah, that ain't true, bro. <laughs> Even a little young man, like, cause you, you you use fear. Fear is something that your mind uses. This information, it's an informational thing. Yeah, it's restriction. It puts you on alert, right? So you know what to and what to not do. Like it, it ain't nothing to be ashamed of. That being said, man, overly scary people irritate my soul, nigga. <laughs> Like, like I'm talking about like the the jumpy oh what was that oh, like yeah, just nah, overly yeah, like I know a bug laying on them and they like just doing the most <laughs> or like if it's a dog just a little dog and they just like jumping on top of the car like bro it's like fucking relax my nigga like you making me scared like I be having to I be having to calm my girl down sometimes because she like, like it just get to going because she's a Gemini so they just, but yeah, it'll right, be like right, right, right. you gotta calm down because you are you like I wasn't even scared and didn't even think about some of the crazy shit that you just came up with in your head so like <laughs> That that like probably one of my biggest irritants is that like somebody just like transferring that energy to you. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm terrified. I won't. I need you to be scared too. Like no, right. I'm scared, but I just ain't that kind of scared. Right. But I need to. I need to operate at a level headed this enough. Yeah, to, I got to be able to move. Like because yeah, I, I know what's the scared trigger. So I some about to happen. I need to make sure the right shit happened. Hey, like man, you what, like for real dist- like, distracting me. But yeah, like you said, I need. To be able to know what's up, but but and that's I, hard. I don't, I don't want to place that on women because there's some niggas like that. Too. Was, oh yeah, <laughs> so, that they all do like nigga, 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 nigga. Like, bro, like nigga, calm down. Gotta nigga. relax, bro. But yeah. but yeah, I mean like, and I've been around other men and we've had conversations where they start getting comfortable. Like yeah, bro, I ain't gonna even front like these type of things. Like they 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 do make me nervous or they do make me uncomfortable. Like. I know me not only just like stuff like that like you know what was that what was that sound or oh it's a mouse or you know whatever it's like i'm not yeah i ain't like that I, I i've already sealed my like we out in the woods or some shit you hear something i ain't one of them what was that nigga like whatever coming it's gonna come it's over like i, I ain't I can't like, i can't see that's what we zombies. disagree is that zombie like we was talking about with different. the zombies bro it's over like i ain't uh, out here from the fight off no hundred zombies and make uh, it to the next checkpoint like nah <laughs> bro i can't do that life worth fighting for dog i can't do that <laughs> Now if you if now if you Ned Stark with your head in the joint, then it's over. Like I, that's when it's over. Mm. Until that point comes when your head ain't in the, the chopping block. Keep fighting. Keep fighting, bro. <laughs> Come Keep on, fighting. bro. That's but nah, I mean, even having conversations, being courageous enough to ask people stuff or or just speak on things or defend how I really feel about things versus when I was younger holding it in because I was uncomfortable or felt weird and nervous or I didn't want to offend nobody. So, you know, that that's definitely um, that's definitely something that's changed a lot uh, with me. Uh, as we kind of conclude this a little bit more, this is you know we always have all these conversations in between. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Nah, I ain't gonna ask that. Let me word it again since we're talking to journalism. <laughs> Us from generation to generation. Can you just offer mm-hmm. some kind of? possibility of solution to connect us obviously i heard me earlier on the episode 
being kind of the get off my lawn guy, but I do love our young people and I do want them to succeed. And I do love our old people as well. I don't want to push myself away from them because I say I'm not with the culture or whatever. I want to stay connected with my youth and my older people and us being in the middle, wherever your age group is. What can we what can we offer to keep those connections? Because we got a lot of disconnect and it's probably every generation, I'm sure. But what do you think we we could do? I think we start with similar interest. One of the biggest as I go on my journey to being just a better man, one of the biggest things that I've stumbled upon one of my homeboys recently, shout out to Sam. How many of your friends do you know what they do? Like just from a business standpoint. Oh yeah, I know where they work at and just like the the details, the ins and out or what's required of their job. Not the ins and out, but I know know what what they do. I know I don't know where they work specifically. I know what they do. I feel like bridging the gap starts with stuff like that, conversations like those. We go wake up every day, do 40 hours at a gig job. So indirectly or directly, we start to pick that stuff up. It starts to go over in our life. And you start to pick up a skill from it, whether you know it or not, as mundane as your job may be. But we hardly ever talk about what we do with our homeboys, our friends, our associates outside of that. Like even what you're saying, generational people. Like if someone 10 years older than me is in sales or business development and can tell me some stuff that they've learned at 50, talking to a 40 or a 30 year old or 40 year old talking to a 30 year old and so on and so on even if they haven't made it to the bag like you said like we talked about earlier but they still have some sort of influence talking about your field of study more I feel can bridge the gap talk about stuff that we have in common more so than focusing on what the differences are one of the reasons I got into golf uh, so I could be out and go to black courses across the country and meet people who do that, men and women that play golf. Oh, well, what do you do professionally? Well, how can that benefit me from a networking standpoint with what I do professionally? Having higher level conversations in that sense. Having that conversation with a young brother. Hey, what you do for money, young brother? Like, because it ain't necessarily got to be always mm-hmm. like selling like a negative connotation. Removing that stigma of like I know uh, Like even when Animal Brown was talking He was just out at one of Piedmont Park A couple weeks ago Little chick was out there selling like The alcohols in a Capri Sun Capri Sun bags yeah Right And just Going that extra step with people He said she was a young chick Who was just asking Hey how you How how does that work Like how is the business Of that set up Who knows what type of conversations That strikes Or where that leads to With people When you start to ask them What they do And the reason that I say that And the reason why I think That's the bridge Is because that's the most Comfortable thing You waking up Everybody work bro Everybody got something That they working towards You go 40 hours a week 20 hours a week Even if it's driving Uber Everybody got something that they're doing for money And that thing that you're doing for money Usually you're good at it. Usually you can talk about it well Usually you're comfortable in that And starting at a place In a conversation with new people Where you're trying to bridge gaps through generations Starting at a place where you're comfortable at Well I'm giving you information from a place Where I do this all the time I know that damn near I'm right Because I've studied, I work up I 
excuse me, I wake up, I clock in, I, I put time and resources towards this. So the reasons that we're having this conversation, because I'm comfortable in this space, having conversations with people about things that you're comfortable about builds trust. Now you start to build on that conversation and being able to go to other places and maybe even become friends. Maybe it's just a business relationship. You never know. <clears throat> but being able to approach people from other generations that you're not familiar with, that look like you figuring out an approach to, hey, man, what do you do? Well, how, do you, how did you get this set up? Man, this business is interesting. I'd like to know more about it, man. Or how did you get in this field? That's going to take us and bring, take us a lot further vertically but also push us together as far as where we want to be as a people too i feel like just starting to speak to our fields or study more because like you said this is a we live in a uh capitalistic society it's always going to be about money people always want to talk all this networking and man people got these courses and you can take this and make money from it more genuine conversations about this shit you ain't got to take my course to learn what i need you like what i know bro I'm not charging you Like catch me somewhere Let's have a conversation about it Tell me what you do too I feel like more of that Is going to get us Where we want to be And headed in the right direction I like it So what it sounds like is Being willing To be selfless enough To meet that person Where they're at Facts. And the way that we meet them Where they're at Is their interests Inst- Instead of trying to Bring them our way Because that's what we do Especially as older We be trying to bring them Now what you need to do now, when we was coming up, we think we know. Yeah, I think we know because we yeah. have surpassed those phases. So, but I agree with you. I think that if we we see that instead of us down and the younger generation of those that are young, like oh man, I'm tell you what, now the, the kids they they this that instead of doing that, let's actually try to make effort to change it. Help one, like you said, carve out your little corner in the world, make your own impact. You know, help them. You might be able to help this black kid to grow and age into a black man in some kind of form or fashion by young man, you know, your little homie, what, what you what you, like you said, what you do to make money or what you what you into, what you, what you like, what you watch, you watch these TV shows, what you what you what you listen to, bro, what you into, man, where you, where you get faded at just finding a way to connect when I was a, a instructional assistant at a school. The, the young boys really took a liking to me I mean of course you see a young black dude in there uh, a, a teacher assistant You connect just by the look I had the lock I had locks at the time But also Them connecting too Because I was meeting them where they was at One kid he, he had rap ambition And he was really good actually I, And I told him I said man you need to leave that other stuff alone This is it right here bro Like I told him about me making music and stuff like that but i would just talk to them they talked to me about you know ladies and stuff sometimes i didn't want to hear it but still just being making myself moving my agenda away for the greater good which is making that connection from generation to generation so i completely agree with you spike um and that's at the end of the day i just want to see us black men black boys black people age let's get older and let's, let's celebrate getting older let's celebrate our older generations of past and let's celebrate those generations coming under us they are supposed to be better than us y'all mothers or fathers don't down your sons or daughters because 
they might look better than you did at that age or they may be smarter than you was at that age or they may be grinding harder than you was they're supposed to be so let's celebrate that that's not hate on one another let's uplift one another because that's what it's about we want to live we want our generations to continue to grow we want to age so man shout out to you for this like man i i completely agree it's uh one the alternative to getting old is dying so <laughs> you can't, either you're getting older or you're dead so it's either one or the other you can't avoid it so would you for the homework would you have and <clears throat> i just came up with mine on the fly so i got mine but what did you have for the homework well, well first did you get a chance to listen to cole kushner mm, no i listened to that david chappelle instead Okay, this Shit, guy had, had pulled it up bad. on the last episode. I, I had <laughs> it sitting right there too. That's I right, bro. You eat, you and I came back, fell asleep. But I am good because I am a fan of the cold. Yeah. I am not just frivolously saying I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what's the guy's name? Uh, that scoops. Yes. Yeah, scoops, yes, man. Get, exactly. Hey, man, hit, hit your man's up. <laughs> hit your man's up. I'm bro. gonna listen to it before as I go get something to eat. This yeah, oh, that's perfect. Thirty thirteen minutes. That's perfect. Yeah, right, right there to go get it. Um, so I'm definitely assuming if you ain't listen to that, you definitely no, didn't. I, I'm ready for another one though. Okay, well I'm gonna let you utilize this one that I had for you last week. But it's if you if you do if you do forget, that's why I will put it. If you go back to the previous episodes, I always plug it in for you to be able to see. So you'd be like, "What was it again?" Or you know, you can hit me. But it's uh, this week your homework. Well. We're going to do away from it, but I had you to listen. I wanted you to check out the YouTube channel, Bully Whispers. He does a law of, of the laws of power and he mm-hmm. uses uh, Sopranos. So he was on like the fourth law. I figured that's right up your alley. It's a double entendre. He do you all know. 48. He ain't, no, he only on the fourth, fourth law right now. Oh, okay. So, so he but, just started. Yeah. So I oh, thought it was okay. dope. I said, oh, it's right up his alley right here. But. Before you go to that, and I may bring that back up later, but y'all that are listening, y'all go check that out. If y'all Sopranos fans, but my homework. I pulled it up, Cole. He came up with just a. It's the TED Talk, fourteen minutes. I talked about Kanye West in my TED Talk. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Well, you can send me the link. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But my homework for you this week, I did. I would say that one, but we'll put that on the back burner because I really want you to check this out. It's uh, it's by uh, Kyle, or as known as Super Duper Kyle. Some of you may know him from the I Spy song. This is n- nothing you would know, I, I, I'd imagine. Uh, like, what? But he had this. He had this movie on Netflix. He was like a rapper trying to be up and coming oh, rapper. God. You seen that movie? No, but it he sounds. Was, but he was like an up and coming rapper. Oh, <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm about joking. to say, bro, you watch Dave? Like, come on, come on, dog. I, I think that that's funny though. I, this sounds really serious. Already. Oh no, no, no. Well, what okay. I'm telling you now, it does have a little bit more of a, but this is kind of your tone. You you kind of lean towards a certain dark undertone. So it's okay. by Super Duper Kyle. It's a short film. Uh, he, him and his his boys, they directed it, wrote it. He stars in this about 27 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. What's it on? It's on YouTube. Oh. So, but he has it on his actual page too. He has a, like a page link, but the. The, the link that is linked to is YouTube So you can just go to YouTube I'll send you the link so don't worry about it okay. uh, But it's called Ali and I it's, it's a short film It's about 27 minutes And the premise of it is And I'll let you give the homework assignment for me this week And we can, we can kill it But the premise of it is It just speaks volumes to you Trying to be a certain way And trying to meet a certain approval 
but they do it in a in an artful way I feel like I'm not gonna act like this is the deepest thing but I really like how they did it and I would love for us to have a discussion about it maybe even an episode next week can be tied into it but you I think you definitely gotta watch this so it's uh, Ali and I by uh, Kyle okay I am on it I will check that out and Nicole Kitchen I got pulled up right now on it however for you as you were explaining the Influence versus bag scenario. My favorite movie just kept popping up in my head. So I hope you haven't seen it because it would be a good homework assignment. But if you have, then we just talk about it at this phase next week. It's a Bronx Tale. Nope. Never seen a Bronx Tale? Nope. Oh, not. perfect. Perfect. So this is going to go to your question about influence versus the bag. And I'll leave it at that. This is I, I want a pretext, and I'm gonna gas it. This is my favorite movie. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is my favorite movie of all time. Several life lessons in this, and I wanted to see just some of them you pick up on. But you being a Sopranos fan, this is like really very Sopranos like. One of the reasons that I became such a big fan of the Sopranos is because of this movie. I always picture the the young the, and you'll see the guy that I'm talking about. He always came off as like a young Tony Soprano, to me. Mm-hmm. like this is how Tony would have grew up. So we, as you look at it, the dude you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, <laughs> and you'll see this play out. You'll see the influence versus the bag with his. Well, I ain't even gonna tell you with who and what, but a lot of what we talked about, a lot of Sopranos influence. I can't wait till you see it. You can text me live and watch as you do it because I'm that familiar with the movie. It's my shit. Mm. Uh, but yes, watch a Bronx Tale. All right, I, I've, I've heard that and that was on my list of things to watch in that uh, you know kind Please of watch or whatever. And but yes, so yeah, as okay. a Sopranos fan, I think you're gonna love. It. Okay, I'm here for it, bro. Yeah, shout out to Sunny and C. We'll get that next week. <laughs> Yes, this has been another week in the books, man. I am Spike Lou out here podcasting in the streets every week. We give this to you with my man Mo. Black man conversations elevating, just trying to get to a, a better place. Y'all can tap in with us at awitb2022 at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts on the show, questions, comments, all of that good stuff. Go rate, subscribe, and like. On your favorite podcast app, wherever you listen to, let people know that you're listening. And I challenge everybody that's listening, just tell one person about this verbally off of social media. Just one conversation. Hey, man, I listen to this dope podcast. Cost another week in the books. Take a listen to it. Send them a link. Let them know. Mo, take it out. Yes, sir. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore conceptual underscore Maurice Hunt. The underscore conceptual underscore Maurice Hunt. If you haven't already, man, go check out my other podcast, Roll, the audio drama series. It's the blend between a fiction podcast and an audio book. It's written, starring, produced, and acting. All that good stuff is by me, black, black creative over here. Hey, man, thank y'all for tuning in. This is another week in the books, and we are out.